Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and I'm going to shift gears a little bit. We are going to address now the rest of the picks. We've talked a ton about that number nine overall pick, and now I want to talk a little bit about what the Bears could potentially do with the rest of the picks that they have in the draft, which is you know two, two multiple twos, multiple threes. We have a ton to look at. So I'm going to go through some of the, the guys that I'm seeing and a lot of mocks getting mocked to the Bears, but I'm also going to maybe go over some that I personally like. I could see fitting the Bears. Um, maybe some that I'm just seeing a lot of chatter so on now, that could work. Uh, but anyways, today we are going to talk to Hayes Carlion. He works with me here at 1010, uh, but he is a Gator fan, has covered the Gators, covers the Gators here, obviously. So we're going to dive into that a little bit because there's several Gators that we can talk to in this uh, talk about in this one podcast, kind of knock a few off these lists and see if it's anybody that we could be uh, potential fits for the Bears. I'm joined with Hayes Carline. Hayes works with me here at 1010XL, graduated from Florida, um, Bulls alum, which you hear on 1010 a lot if, the, if that's if that fa- uh, tickles your fancy, but obviously a Gator fan also, so you pay very close attention, and you worked, you covered the Gators for a while also, right? Uh, I did. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, super excited. Yeah, I covered the Gators uh, from about two, part-time, like 2001, and then I covered them full-time for the Times Union uh, in 2011 and 12 before covering the Jags. So in, in this past season, I was able to go to a few yeah. of the games in Gainesville for the radio station, which was very cool. So, Did, Were you at any of the ones they won? I was at Utah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think I was, uh, <laughs> let's see, I lost LSU, lost the Kentucky. I Two and two, because I was also at the South Carolina okay. game. That okay. Won. So you saw a couple. Yeah, you not saw good, a couple. though. <laughs> two and two. You don't want to be two and two at the Swamp. The Swamp, that needs to be four and oh. I, I agree. Well, obviously we're here. The The Bears have 10 picks in the draft this year. Um, obviously they have that number nine pick. They have two twos, a three, two fours, two fives, two sevens. So there's a lot of things, um, but they need a lot of things. And you've been that covering the Jaguars. We know what it's like to need, oh, yes. <laughs> to need a lot of things. So obviously there's several players coming out of Florida in the draft that I've seen names uh, mentioned for the Bears. Ventrell Miller, Osiris Torrance, Gervon Dexter, Rashad Torrance, and Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson not so much for the Bears, but where he goes could potentially affect who the Bears get at nine. If he sure. goes in that top nine, then yeah, you know that it's going to affect some things. Yeah. So that's why maybe we'll touch on that a little bit. But um, the Bears, the main thing they did this offseason, they signed a lot of line. They fixed the linebacker group, uh, which they that needed help. 
Defensive line, they didn't address too much. So defensive line, offensive line is kind of where Bears are thinking they need the most help at this point. They got Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards in the offseason. So their linebacker core looks pretty solid, but that line, not so much. Um, but I, we can't go through this without talking about Ventrell Miller, I think. Uh, so linebacker, obviously, most teams looking at him more of like a depth piece, I would say, at least at this point, to start right away. They, they lost a few names, one of them being Matt Adams, who a lot of people kind of compare that Ventrell could be kind of linked to in similarities just because of their size and stuff. So let's start with that. The size, six foot, 230, a bit undersi- a bit undersized for that position. Um, but just tell us a little bit about what he was able to do and how he worked around that in college. Uh, he's a complete warrior. Uh, he'd be somebody that I think the coaches would love, the fans would, would love. Uh, I would agree in terms of his upside isn't extraordinary. Uh, but certainly there have been less athletic people that have had great careers playing linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, uh, I like Ventrell Miller. I, I'm not really big on the Florida class in general, but Ventrell Miller is a guy that I think for where he's probably going to get picked is going to have a better pro career than what people are expecting and where where his draft position would, would, would indicate. Land. So I really like Ventrell Miller. I mean, he's somebody he played through a foot injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really it was... Uh, I'd say one of the most instinctive Florida defenders that they've had in the last four or five years. I mean, he was basically that entire defense. Yeah. I mean, when when Miller was not in there, it was a horror show. And uh, when he was in there, he was usually making the plays. Yeah. And so I really like Ventrell Miller. I think whoever gets him is getting a, a really, really solid pro. And when you, because you talked about the instinct. So the instinct, obviously, a lot of the things we read about Ventrell or see about Ventrell are his high IQ. And that could be football IQ, that could be in general, because these guys, when you're learning playbooks and you're learning new defensive schemes, obviously that's important. So is that something you noticed of, of him kind of being able to pick up certain things and what Florida was doing defensively? Yeah, absolutely. His, his cognition is sensational on the field. I mean, how fast he sees things, how he reacts to it. I he he doesn't waste steps. I he he again. He's limited only by his athleticism. Mm-hmm. As a pure football player, he's exactly what you want. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I I think that you know, particularly for an organization like the Bears, where you're still kind of setting a tone. I uh, I think he'd fit in great with uh, you know certainly that uh, franchise's traditional mindset of ferocious defense yeah and that's what's fun because when you're looking at the defense was terrible last year and it's so weird to watch a Bears defense be bad because that's what I feel like we've had forever so when we're watching an offense that's scoring 29 30 and a defense that is allowing a score pretty much every time they're out on the field you're kind of like what the heck so guys like this I do think like especially in the depth pieces and I think Vendrell I think he could be able to compete especially Eberflus likes the rotation on the defensive line but he also does mix up those linebackers a lot and so you could see him on the field a decent amount this season I think Um, and it's always good to have guys you trust also if there's injuries (laughs) so that's probably part of it but let's switch to that defensive line obviously because that is in my opinion, the biggest need for the Bears. A lot of people say it's more of the offensive line, but they went and got Nate Davis. I think they are going to go O-line at nine, so I think the rest of the draft needs to be very heavy on fixing the edge and the interior. Um, Gervon Dexter, obviously a name I'm seeing later, more in like the fifth round maybe is where I'm seeing him land a lot of times. Defensive tackle, big guy. Um, he does have some versatility, though, able to play one tech and three tech. That three tech, I think, is really important for the Bears. But where did you see him most 
successful when he yeah. was out there. I think Dexter's going to go high. I think he's got a chance to go in the in the in probably the top fifty picks. Okay, uh, I'd be surprised if he does not uh, get out of the second round. Wow. Uh, he and, and it's it's because of the traits. Yeah. Uh, he's a giant for one. Uh, he played basketball for a lot of his career, so he's got that agility. I uh, really has a unique frame in the sense that when he got to Florida, he looked like more of a power forward than a defensive tackle, but he's really filled out. Mm-hmm. I saw him at the combine uh, uh, just a you know a month or I guess about a month and a half ago, and uh, he had really filled out. He's, he's developed the kind of bulk up front, up uh, in the upper body that he's going to need. And uh, yeah, I, I thought he tested really well. His numbers are a little misleading in the sense that he was the only thing you had to block. Yeah. The other guys on Florida's defensive line you are just run selling over. insurance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was the only guy that an opponent really had to focus in on. So it makes it tough. I yeah. mean, you're constantly getting the the extra attention. And, uh, and so his production isn't great. The traits are there. And, uh, and I think he's a good kid. So I, I think he's got a uh, high character, I would be surprised. I think if if you want Gervon Dexter, you're going to have to, I think, use a second round pick on him. Okay. Yeah. So the Bears have 53 and 61. Would so you maybe 61? 61, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And so obviously one of the big things that they needed they need to work on too, and this associates with that defensive line, was the run defense. Terrible. It was so bad. I, I, I want to say dead last when it comes to yardage allowed. Um. So and that's one thing that I think we saw Dexter improve with steadily throughout his career. Is that something that you can see him even taking a next step up in that run defense at the aspect of it? I think so because he's still so young yeah you know and uh and you know he'll get better guys that are that size you know it takes some time mm-hmm. leverage is such a big part of it and it's you know being that tall they're already at somewhat of a disadvantage so i uh, he's gonna need great coaching but he'd get that in yeah. chicago and so i again he is a player that that i think would make a lot of sense uh for the bears and and somebody that i i think when you get into year two year three I, you're going to see a, a substantial difference in him. When, because obviously four and a half sacks in his career, but you said the numbers are misleading. Do you think that direct sack lack of sacks may have been because he was getting so much focus from every team he was playing? I think so. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, th- I thought Gervon Dexter made some plays. I think he made some plays for others, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where it was really Dexter that blew up the play. But, yeah. you know, the quarterback may have moved. Yeah. And, allowed uh, someone else ends up falling on him exactly and, yeah so uh so yeah i think there was some of that as well in his numbers so definitely a florida's class i'm the highest on miller uh gervon dexter would be the second i like dexter uh the rest of it i think is just um i just completely Schmuck. i just wouldn't would not write their name on a card <laughs> well and that's like so i'm gonna slide just over to this uh rashad torrance is another name yeah. this is definitely one i'm seeing more fifth sixth round yeah. um a safety the bears have their two starting safeties but the eddie jackson got hurt last season obviously you're seeing injuries um unfortunately uh, and it usually comes to players that you feel like you need the most is the ones you end up losing um but torrance had three interceptions uh this is in 2021 he had three he led the gators with three interceptions had 87 tackles three and a half for loss um breaking up another two passes so it seems like he actually he has the ability to find the ball he just wasn't able to do it super consistently is yeah. that what you think i do he's a really try hard kid yeah he just isn't athletic enough to okay. play in the NFL. I mean, I, he was one of the slowest safeties at the combine. I I think that shows up. Yeah. I mean, he's just 
he's not dynamic enough as an athlete to make up for the fact that everything else with him, I'd say, is above average. Okay. If he was an elite technician, if he was a great instinctual football player, mm-hmm. maybe some of this you could counteract. Yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I would not take him. Um, he, I'm sure he'll get selected at some point, yeah. you know, in the late rounds. But uh, but he is not a player that I would uh, have any interest in. Yeah, you're not expecting a sauce uh, year from <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Torrance. I do not he... think we're going to look back on this draft <laughs> 10 years from now and go, how did Torrance <laughs> last How did we miss round? out on him? Yeah. Well, and that's what, because everything I was reading too, and that's what, to me, it, scare, it terrifies me when you're reading about safeties who struggle wrapping up with tackles. And that's one of the things I was reading about him. Eddie Jackson struggles with that. Eddie Jackson is great. At everything else he does at that free safety position. But for some reason, there's so many times where you're like, if you would have just completed the tackle, the play would have ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he makes incredible plays in other situations. And it seems like Rashad Torrance is, I don't think, at the level of Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson, obviously, being a Bama guy, um, he had uh, some serious competition. He was on a team of squads, which I was looking at that roster. I was like, man, some guys came out of that that mm-hmm. year. Um, but so obviously, when you're looking at a, a, that safety position, you need somebody who can tackle. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of important. Yeah. Kind of the last line of defense here. (laughs) Yeah, we need you. Um, All right, so obviously another name that I don't think technically the Bears will go after, even though they do need offensive linemen, Um, Osiris Torrance. That's another – he transferred this last season, right, to Florida. So he followed – that means he followed Napier to here. So he chose, I'm guessing, Napier in Florida over that. Was that like the end he wanted to be with Napier? Yeah, okay. and uh, he it was between I think Florida and Alabama, and I think the the tide in Napier, uh, you know, carried it for for Torrance. And Torrance is a good player. I mean, I, I I'm not, you know, I, I don't really love him. You know, a lot of people have thought the Jaguars might take him at 24. Yeah, um, that, it's a solid B for me. That's a solid B pick mm-hmm. if that's where he ends up going. Um, I think he makes a lot of sense uh, in the top of the second round. Okay, uh, if if Chicago wanted to go there, I mean he's he he's a mauler. I mean he he was a great player for Florida, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean I I think that that Torrance deserves the uh, the hype that he's getting. I, I I don't know that he's a first round guy, but he's certainly somebody that at the top of the second round I think would be outstanding. Which and I think especially because when you look at his especially his experience here, he would. Sunbelt was able to be successful, comes to the ACC, I mean SEC, and was able to obviously be successful there. And the one thing that kind of shines to me, if, like you said, maybe if he does fall to one of those second picks and the Bears want to take him there, because he was in front of Anthony Richardson, who moves a lot. He's a mobile guy, and being in front of Justin Fields, do you think that's something he'd be able to be able to help? Because it's not easy to be to be one of those linemen in front of the mobile quarterbacks who are moving a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, um, certainly he was playing behind a mobile quarterback in college. That's what he would do with Chicago. So, yeah, it's something I think it, it's worth considering um, that when the play goes off schedule, Torrance has done a good job of of either staying on his block or mm-hmm. finding another guy to, to take down. Yeah, one of the, the one negative that I just want to touch on before we get to the couple final questions uh, was they said one of the things I read was too aggressive. And I was like, that's interesting. And at first, when I just read the too aggressive, I thought they were going to say maybe, you know, would – 
penalties or it would lead to false starts or something like that because you're just like too amped and too aggressive but the way they worded it was just saying that he kind of he has he over he's over aggressive and it leads to him getting off balance and certain times and blocks is that something that you noticed no but i'm not you know an offensive Honing in on yeah guru, you know i mean torin certainly i i mean never had a snap where it was like good lord what, what happened on that play? yeah uh, so, I mean, I, I think he's a consistent, good player. Uh, you know, I again, I, I don't think it's – I don't think he's – a, a dazzling prospect, but yeah. I think he's a very good one. Well, and that's well. We had several plays last year where our offensive lineman. I was like, "What? What are they? Where are they going?" <laughs> like there was our center, Sam Mustafer. God bless his soul. He went to Notre Dame too, and he would. There was several plays last year where you would watch, and he'd be just strolling over somewhere, and we're like, "The ball is behind you." Oh. Justin Fields is on the ground, <laughs> and you're just sitting over there having a snack or something. Like I don't understand. Yeah. So I personally can relate directly to mm-hmm. watching these offensive linemen not knowing what they're doing. Um, a couple more Hayes before we let you go. So obviously, I just want to touch on Richardson. Sure. Um, there's. A, it's interesting to me because from an outside perspective of not being a Gator fan, but talking a lot about the Gators and doing my updates on Gators and having to follow them a little closely. I, it's interesting to me that people are saying that he could go in the top nine. Is that surprising to you or do you get it? I don't get it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a traits pick, mm-hmm. you know, which is what this league is gravitating more towards. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a general manager taking a quarterback in the top 10, I mean, there's you're pretty much putting your career on that pick. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put my career on Anthony Richardson, and it's nothing against him. Yeah. I think he's a good good kid, but there just isn't enough good football there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yes, I see the athleticism, but there's so much more that goes into it yeah. than that. And so uh, will he go in the top eight? I think so. I mean, I, I at this point, I think some franchise is going to be – it probably Indy, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, the Raiders. Somebody is going uh, to take that be chance. staring at it and saying, yeah. what are we going to do? I mean, if you're the Colts, are you going to start Gardner Minshew? I mean, yeah. what's the plan yeah. if you don't get one of these four quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so again, and we know. Quarterback uh, number 11 in the last five years or whatever they're Right. <laughs> we know that one and two exactly are, are going to be quarterbacks. So. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that four will go ahead of Chicago, which is perfect. Yeah, which gives helps us. you know the Bears the fifth fifth pick in the draft that isn't a quarterback, quarterback which yeah. is a fantastic place to be. It's definitely ideal, and it, it is funny because when you think about it, if you're staring at it from the AFC South, which obviously everyone that listens to Making Monsters knows, I also work at Ten Ten, uh, the Jags affiliate, and so if you're staring at that. Are you looking at it like, Colts, please take Richardson because I don't think this is working? I am. Okay. I mean, I'd love nothing more than yeah. Richardson to go to the Colts <laughs> and Levis to the Titans. I, like, I keep, bring it on. I keep hoping to see that news flash of Tennessee moves from 11 to 3. Yeah. And uh, let's just go ahead and, and get them all here. The, the ideal would be Bryce Young goes to Carolina you know, from a Jaguars perspective. Yeah. And then you end up in the division with C.J. Stroud and Levis and Richardson. Yeah. And, We'll take our chances with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the chances. All right, final one, Hayes, before I let you go. So obviously we kind of touched on all of these guys, but if you were to say, if out of these guys we talked about with Ventrell, Osiris, Gavon Dexter, Rashad, and Richardson, I think I know who is your least favorite out of these, but who would you say has the highest ceiling of these guys? Highest ceiling would be Richardson because of the athleticism, but, I mean, he also has the you know lowest floor. Yeah. He also has somebody who could be out of the league in three years because mm-hmm. he just can't play quarterback. Um, I, I think Torrance is the safest one uh, for where he's going to go. It would be surprising if he didn't work out. 
I think Ventrell Miller will be a nice surprise uh, for whoever takes him, but I don't think he's going to be like an all pro. I just yeah. think he's going to be a, a, a nice contributor. Dexter, I think he'll have a nice career. Uh, and then uh, one guy that uh, we didn't get to, but I would not go near Brenton Cox. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So Torrance, Cox, Cox and, Dean, yeah. I w- would avoid. And again, that's not all. Dean and Torrance, I think, are pretty good people. Yeah. Cox got thrown off the team, really didn't address it at the combine. And yeah. Which Trey Dean's one I and, also forgot to mention. Also. Yeah. So that Florida has some players that like went to the combine mm-hmm. that, that Chicago needs to not pay any Just attention Just look to. away from. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> look away from. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much, Hayes. Sure I really thing. appreciate you hopping on. Enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This was episode one of the draft picks beyond that number nine overall pick. And uh, I think I have about eight, seven or eight more coming for you. They'll be spread out within the next three weeks. Um, we have exactly three weeks today until the day before the NFL draft. So they're going to lead to that Wednesday before the draft. Um, all sorts all sorts of guys, like I said, it's just kind of people that I've heard from mock drafts or I like or I've seen a lot of Bears fans or Bears media like. So we'll get all sorts of things, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, safeties, corners, running backs, um, uh, all sorts of names you can think of. Um, maybe some of these guys you haven't quite heard about, so you want to know a little bit more about them and what they did in college. And uh, we'll have that for you the next three weeks. So thanks again for listening. This is Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>